KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. You know what's one of the worst nightmares for any homeowner? Finding something underground that causes you to do serious digging on your property. It's a huge project, can end up costing thousands of dollars. But depending on what's going on down there, there could be other costs too. Every American deserves to be able to turn on their water tap or faucet and be able to drink clean water. We're the richest, most prosperous nation in the world. Water ought to be something that's just guaranteed. That was President Biden at the Belmont Water Treatment Plant in Philadelphia in the beginning of February when he announced funding for a program to replace hazardous lead water pipes in Philly and across the country. In children, there's a very good connection between lead intake and delayed development of the brain and delayed development of the nervous system. Dr. Charles Haas is the Betts Professor of Environmental Engineering at Drexel University, his office about five miles from where the president made his speech. And he and his colleagues have been hard at work on ways to find efficient, cost-effective solutions to determining where lead pipes are located. The behavior of sound waves and lead is different than it is in alternative pipe materials. And by having a very sensitive microphone at the other end, we can determine the properties of the sound wave as it passes through the pipe. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, the lead pipe problem in the United States. Which populations are most at risk, and can we expect the president's plan to make an impact? The Biden administration is funneling a lot of money to help replace lead piping. How big is this in finally rectifying this problem? Is this kind of the moment people that have been advocating to replace lead piping has been waiting for? Well, it will be a good start. It certainly won't finish the job, but it will get a big chunk done, and hopefully it will get the industry moving to help complete the job. I think one of the things that it will do with a big infusion of money, at least for initial work in the area, is it will spur a lot of innovation and uh, entrepreneurship in terms of how to do replacement of lead service lines and lead main more efficiently and more rapidly. Do we have a ballpark idea how much lead piping is in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area, or is it we find out as we go along? I I, I think to some degree the latter, basically because, uh, you know, we've had pipes in the system that go back a century or more. Lead has been in use in water systems probably since the 1930s, and records were not always kept. When modifications were made, they weren't always written down correctly. And of course, the accuracy of the paper forms over time becomes questionable. So really, the first first major job is to get a good inventory of what's out there to be sure that not just Philadelphia, but other utilities around the country understand where the lead service lines are and where the lead pipe is and how to replace it. When we talk about surface lines piping, is basically there was a time when everything utilized lead. So could you even have lead fixtures in some older homes? Like could could we have lead in all different aspects? So lead fixtures, no, but there was a lot of lead solder. That was in use and connections. And so when you get down to the individual household, most of the lead that you find in the water system historically was in in lead solder and some older bronze 
fixtures that contain higher levels of lead than bronze that you would buy now. What is it about lead that makes it so dangerous to humans? So when lead lead dissolves in water, when it gets into a form where it can easily be ingested, it can cause toxicity to the nervous system. In children, there's a very good connection between lead intake and delayed development of the brain and delayed development of the nervous system. So that's been well documented. There probably are also nervous system neurological effects in older people as well, but that hasn't been as well documented. Basically, it interferes with the metabolism of nerve cells and the growth of new nerve tissue. How did we get this? And when I say we, I mean society. I don't mean Philadelphia or any individual or anything. But how did we get this so wrong and go so all in with lead, you know, 100 years ago or so? Was it just cheap and easy to find and there wasn't the technology or the science to really tell that the problems that you just discussed were going to be part of having lead in so many things? It's an interesting story. And often what we found in, in, in the environmental protection area is that an innovation comes in, it's thought to be better and cleaner, and then only later on do you understand the side effects. So the story with lead, as best as I understand it, as I said, it came in in the 30s. Before lead service lines, historically, individual plumbing lines were almost always copper. And copper is much more difficult to install. It requires higher temperatures to join. Uh, Lead was easier to install, and so it was touted to be, yes, more inexpensive and more easy to replace. And lead compared to copper has less corrosion associated with it, so it was thought to be more durable. And only, I'd say, since the late 50s, early 60s, have we understood that lead exposure in all forms, not just from lead pipe, but lead paint and lead and leaded gasoline resulted in significant human health effects. Leaded gasoline obviously is going by the wayside, leaded paint. But it seems to me the lead pipes thing, you know, you mentioned 50s, 60s, we're talking a lifetime ago. How are we still this far behind in dealing with something if we've understood the problem for decades? Well, part of it is, you know, as long as we had leaded gasoline and lead paint to worry about, those were those exposures were much greater. But now we've pretty much reduced exposure via leaded gasoline. And except for older homes that are still a problem, the lead paint issue has been and is being dealt with. The last remaining leg of the stool to reduce lead exposure is lead pipe. So that's one of the reasons why it's taken so long. The other is, and we see this throughout the water industry, you know, it's buried in the ground. People don't see it. And so the general public isn't aware of where their water comes, how it's treated, how it's being conveyed, and so forth. And I said I would say another issue with the lead lead pipe problem is in most places, and this is true in Philadelphia. The real responsibility for the bulk of the lead service line is the individual property owner. And so it's up to them to replace it, and that requires money. When we are talking about 
replacing all these lines, what's the the biggest challenge? Is the the biggest challenge finding exactly where they are? Finding exactly where they are and confirming whether or not they're lead or not. And historically, the way in which utilities would do that is they would either have to dig at each location and inspect whether or not the pipe was lead or not, or they might have been able to go into the individual property and look at where the pipe comes into the property at the water meter and determine whether or not they could determine if if it's lead there or not. Only recently have technology started to appear that might have the promise of being able to allow us to determine, or at least triage, whether or not a a service line is more likely lead or not. And we've been working with some of those technologies at Drexel. Yeah, to that point, I understand that you're part of a team that has worked and, and invented a way to kind of remotely test pipes without having to dig them up. Kind of talk about the technology. What is this? How would it work? How does it work? So so basically, lead, the behavior of sound waves in lead is different than it is in alternative pipe materials like copper or like plastic, to name two. And so what we do is we take a very small hammer and just allow one end of the lead service line to vibrate. And we can do that by going into the water meter at the curb and just knocking a hammer on that portion of the water meter and the sound will travel through the lead service line or through the other service line if it's not lead. And by having a very sensitive microphone at the other end, we can determine the properties of the sound wave as it passes through the pipe. And then by analyzing that the properties of the sound wave, we could determine whether or not it's likely or less likely to be lead as opposed to some other material. And I guess for context, that sounds like something that would take 10 to 15 minutes as opposed to a couple days, perhaps, to, to dig up and, and inspect. And then you're talking the logistics of having the equipment available and all that kind of stuff. My colleagues have gone into the field on this. And, you know, once once traffic is blocked off so that we could get at one end of the pipe, doing the actual test takes, I'd say, conservatively under half an hour. And then we get the signal, we take it back to the lab, we analyze it, and we determine whether it's likely or not likely to be led. Are there context clues that it can be helpful as well? You know, if all houses were built on a block within the same five, 10-year period, and the first house you find has led, can the assumption be made that probably everything in that area or that block that is of similar build is going to be the same situation? We think that's reasonable, and I know there are other groups around the country that are working on this from a uh, a big data standpoint in terms of property inventories and trying to correlate. But yeah, whether or not other similar properties in the neighborhood are led or not is, is probably a um, good source of information in addition to actually on-the-site testing. So we talked about the technology you've helped develop that uh, the time saver, given what we think's in Philadelphia lead pipe wise and given this money and given everything, how long will it take to really take a, a chunk out of this? You know, you know the, the replacement itself is a big job and there are, you know, estimates that at scale, 
to replace a lead service line is probably five to ten thousand dollars per property. So you know, doing the excavation, removing the pipe, putting a new pipe in, you're talking about certainly a multi-day job for somebody to do that once they realize it's a lead line. It's going to depend on how many crews the city deploys. They're not able to work 12 months of the year due to weather. It's undoubtedly a multi-year project. But, you know, there are cities that have moved fairly far along on this. Probably one of the poster cases is Newark. Newark has actually done a fair amount of lead service line replacement. Denver has been working a fair amount on lead service line replacement. So even in large cities, it's a doable task over a reasonable number of years. And what will be replacing the lead? What is state of the art now? Since we've got to do this and it, you know, if you want to do it right, what are we replacing these lines with material-wise? So it, it it depends on on the city. So within within Philadelphia, Philadelphia doesn't allow use of plastic pipe. So I think the replacements for the lead service lines are probably going to be either copper, possibly galvanized steel for the larger lines. Other cities, they certainly are replacing it with various plastic materials. Is this something that we will find all across the country? Is it mostly found in bigger cities or was lead for a period of time kind of universally used? I think it's mostly found in older cities. We have higher Higher concentrations of lead uh, in the Northeast and Midwest, probably very little in the Southwest because Southwestern cities and Western cities are are newer. And so there is some geographic difference, but I'm sure once utilities start looking for it, they'll find lead almost every place in some prevalence or other. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>